Hello, and welcome to another episode of Book Faces Live, the show where we talk to the faces behind your books. I'm Nathan Van Koops, I'm your host, and today I'm excited to be bringing you an interview with uh, Monica Lionel. Monica and I uh, met at the um, uh, Selmore Book Show Summit in Chicago, and um, we were able to, to chit-chat a little bit about her, her business. She was a, a speaker at the conference. And I'm excited to, to get her on. She's running a little bit behind. So I went ahead and started, and I thought I'd do a little bit of an intro, and then we're going to bring uh, Monica on, hopefully in just a couple minutes. So um, I wanted to uh, tell you guys a little bit about Monica. Monica is the um, author of a variety of nonfiction books, as well as, as fiction. And um, I just picked up a couple of her books myself, um, The Eight-Minute Writing Habit and Dictate Your Book. One of the things Monica is known for is for writing fast. Um, she has a book called um, Write Better Faster, in, in which she has sort of chronicled some of her journey from going from a um, you know, person writing you know, a couple thousand words an hour to writing you know, close to, you know, or sometimes over 4,000 words an hour. And then sort of finding her uh, sweet spot of where she wanted to be productivity-wise um, for writing. But her business acumen goes beyond just writing. It also uh, encompasses a lot of um, just the, the overall planning and strategy that goes into to becoming an author. And one of the things I'm, I'm excited to talk about today is the business of um, writing a book and the business behind a book. So, uh, Monica says that she is here, so I'm going to go ahead and um, see if we can, can bring her on. Um, and uh, let's see if it pops up here. Hey, there you are. Hey, sorry I'm late. <laughs> hey, no worries. <laughs> I understand that. Uh, that's very generous to say. So, you're doing some coffee All shop right. writing today? Yeah, I was. Um, yeah, I, I typically go. Like two to three times a week. Just get a little bit of variety in your. Are you having? Yeah, I was kind of having you. Are you having connectivity? Yeah, I was having you. You were kind of freezing up there for a little bit for a couple times, but let me let me see if we okay. can't fix it. But um, yeah, I was telling people a little bit about you and um, about your books and how we had met at the um, at the summit in Chicago, and I was able to get to to hear your your talk. And um, I really appreciate you taking the time to be here and be on the show today. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. So um, I've been listening, actually, kind of catching up a little bit on some of your other podcasts you've done. I was listening to. You. Um, one of your chats with uh, Joanna Penn, and also I was listening to your, your talk with uh, Rachel Heron, who was a guest we had yesterday. Um, so I've really enjoyed listening to some of your experiences um, throughout kind of your career and uh, growing your business. I wanted to see if you would be willing to share with us a little bit more about um, kind of the, the idea of the business behind the books and kind of how we... What, what was a little bit of your journey going from doing this as maybe a hobby versus and moving that into the mindset of turning it into a business. Okay. Um, doing this as a hobby. So I started in 2009. I wrote a book, um, basically to help me make a career shift. 
-hmm. It was about uh, social media marketing for corporate. And um, the book, I think the book made like two or three grand. So basically made made back its money. Um, It got a foreign rights deal, so that was part of it. But then it also helped me land two different jobs. Um, One was director, well, they were both director of marketing type jobs at two different companies. Uh, So that, so I think that paid off. So that's kind of how I got started. I don't know if that makes it a hobby or... What was um, was the title of that book? Uh, it was called, so I don't know if it's, I don't think it's really in print anywhere anymore. It's called Social Pollination. Okay. So, so uh, but yeah. what um, first turned you on to the idea of having a book as credentials, sort of as a way to um, get yourself or, or leverage yourself into a position where you could land the job? Um, I think I read about it somewhere. Uh, I don't know if it was Joanna Penn's site, but I know mm-hmm. that the creativepen.com was there in 2009 Mm -hmm. uh, when I was thinking about doing all this and then Mm -hmm. I think it was just uh, it was just this uh, idea that had kind of been um, that kind of like bubbled up in the blogging community at the time so a Mm -hmm. lot of bloggers were starting to get book deals but then there was also like kind of the self-publishing bubble that was coming around and it wasn't good for fiction yet Uh, it was only on the nonfiction side and the idea uh, for me, was like by the time that somebody gets a book about social media marketing out, mm-hmm. it'll be, you know, it'll be like two years from now. So yeah. it's all going to be outdated. So uh, yeah. yeah. So then I was like, I'm just going to write it. I'll self-publish it. I'll keep it updated, uh, and then I'll, you know, I'll use it to uh, land a job. So do you think that um, having a self-published book gives you makes you a more flexible? Um, creator in that way where you've got you can you can go in and make edits and updates on a much quicker schedule do you think that's helpful for your uh, position kind of as an authority on topics yeah i think it can be i also think that traditionally publishing is um another good way to Mm -hmm. add credibility so i think Mm -hmm. it you know it's a toss-up you have you have pros and cons to each. Mm-hmm. I think it really depends on like what the topic is and what you're using that book for. So, for example, if you're using that book to um, build your business, which uh, you know a lot of people are, like let's say you want to build your coaching practice, you, if mm-hmm. you self-publish that book, you're going to be able to do a lot more sales stuff in there. Right. Uh, if you don't self-publish it and you get a traditional publishing deal, well, their goal is not to like sell your coaching packages or whatever. Their goal is right. to sell more books. So yeah. they might not be like you. Just want to make sure that your goals are aligned. Yeah, have different yeah priorities aligned lined up, and, and uh, make sure everyone's happy with the situation. Um, so you definitely came into this with a strategy. You you started out writing with um, definite goals in mind. I mean, I get the impression from our conversations and just from from uh, what you've said before that you're definitely a planner, and that this is um, that you strategy is a big part of your business. Um, what are some of the, some of the ways that you have, you know, kind of taken that, okay, you've taken, so now you've got some authority as a writer. What was your, your, um, what was, what was your plan for growing, continual growth? Uh, so I guess we're talking, so on, on the fiction side, um, I feel like my plan is still in progress. Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't say, so on the fiction side, uh, my my first book was 2011. Um, it did okay. Like again, and I'm, the reason I'm sharing this money stuff is not like, oh, I made this much. It's more like just this 
just to give you guys an idea of what happened with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that book, it probably made about $6,000 its first year. But this okay. was when Kindle Unlimited, or not Kindle Unlimited, Kindle Direct Publishing had just opened. So mm-hmm. you could pretty much just lo- upload the book and, like, it would do yeah. decently um, as long as it was, like, sort of written well. Um, yeah. So, so the book did did uh, pretty well, and it did well in reviews. And um, I decided to turn it into more of a series. Mm-hmm. And so that series is actually what I'm working on now on the fiction side, mm-hmm. um, even though it's like eight years later. Uh, and I'm, tr- you know, I'm just trying to like kind of hack my way through that um, on the nonfiction side. So I think on the fiction side, I've not been very strategic. Mm-hmm. Um, Though, something I did that was strategic on the fiction side is, uh, in 2014, I just, like, I was at the point where I was like, you know, this, this one series is kind of my baby, so, like, I'm not willing to, like, rush that, but billionaire romances are hot, so, like, I'll go try to write one of those under a pen name. So I did, I wrote, like, this billionaire romance serial, and that did really well. So in 2015, or 2014, I, um, I hit, like, the thousand dollars a month mark on, Um, across, I think, I think, like, I don't know if it's on Amazon or across retailers, but like I was wide and, um, those books like did decently and helped me kind of get my, get my, um, get my head in the game around fiction. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I can't say, I can't say that my strategy is really strong there on the nonfiction side. My strategy is a lot stronger and I think it just, um, that like that I got into a lot of the like the series that I have, which is the Growth Hacking for Storyteller series. Mm-hmm. I got into that kind of by accident. Um, what happened was with that first book, it started as a blog post um, about writing writing better, faster. Essentially, it I thought it would be like maybe ten thousand words. I'd publish it on Medium. It would get like a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Um, it ended up being forty thousand words. So I was like, okay, I'm just like this is too long for. A blog post. So, um, you know, Sean, Johnny, and Dave, who do the self-publishing podcast, they uh, they just encouraged me to turn it into a book. So I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so then that then from that book, I looked at um, questions. Like I kept getting the same questions over and over. Because like when I had written that, I thought like this is everything that can be said on this topic. Like that's that's really what I thought. I was like I had given everything that I knew of this, and then I kept getting the same questions over and over. So I wrote two separate books. One was called The Eight-Minute Writing Habit, mm-hmm. and the other was called Dictate Your Book. Mm-hmm. And those two books, each, both of those books individually did better than the original. Interesting. <laughs> and I realized, yeah, I realized yeah. it was because um, they were based off of questions that people had, mm-hmm. not based off of, like, just what I thought. So I started, I definitely started writing my nonfiction that way, where I was looking at, like, what do people keep asking me about, and then mm-hmm. I would write something about it. How did you originally establish yourself sort of as an authority, as a blogger, um, when you first started? How, where did that come from? Oh, man. Um, so that was, like, 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so t- I graduated college in 2006, and in 2007 started blogging, and my first blog was called 20 Set, <laughs> and it okay. was about, um, it was, like, personal development for 20-somethings was the tagline. Okay. Um, and the, the, the way I got subscribers for that, there was this big blog at the time called Pro Blogger, okay. which is still, it's still, as far as I know, like quite a big blog. Um, it's by Darren Rouse. And he was going on vacation. He asked for um, guest posts. So I wrote like this really long guest post, like over, you know, like, like it took me like over eight hours to write. And 
it was chosen as one of the as one of the guest posts on his site and like everybody who was a blogger read that one so my subscriber so before that used to used to be that you had like these rss feeds mm-hmm. uh, so my subscriber count went from like 20 to like 600 700 overnight um and that that helped me out a lot. Um, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I, I think it's it's just about looking for opportunities to get in front of someone else's audience, and that still works today. Even though the ta- like tactically it might be different, but um, as far as marketing goes, that's like that's exactly what you do. You find someone else who has an audience, and you try to get in front of them. That's mm-hmm. like related to your stuff, obviously. Mm-hmm. And what what are some tips you have for authors who are looking to network and branch out and kind of make contact with? Um, larger audiences how do you how do you go about approaching that how do you um make contact with larger audiences yeah as far also i mean mean, it's a big topic obviously but um how did you choose sort of the the audiences that you thought would be a good fit for your market and then then reach out to those audiences yeah i mean i think the best way right now is to just look on amazon and see like who's um who's in your also bots or mm-hmm. really like if you're doing this, who you want to have in your also bots, okay, yeah. um, who would, who would be the ideal and not, you know, not like who you currently have. That's um, maybe not going to work for you. Yeah. But then, um, you know, I think the big thing is like, like a lot of people are like, okay, you want to like, now you have to like go to this conference and meet that person and like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And like, yes, that's a great way to do it. Like, obviously we're talking right now cause we just met at a conference yeah. this like a couple weeks ago. But, um, I like also if you just write a really good pitch, I mm-hmm. think that works really well too. Like I, mm-hmm. um, I know like when I was blogging, I wrote this email pitch to, um, Guy Kawasaki. Yeah. Who wrote for um, the Amex, or Amex Open Forum, which was like this huge thing then. And I was like, hey, I have this blog post. And if you ever like if you ever need um, like a guest to like sub in for mm-hmm. your for your weekly column, like yeah. here's a blog post. It's ready to go. It's about the topic you like. Um, or I don't know if I sent him the blog post right away, but I was like, I'm happy to send you a blog post um, and you yeah. can just read it. And he was like, OK, great. Like. And he posted my blog post, uh, yeah. one, you know, because it's like he didn't want to write, you know, I, well, I don't content. know, like yeah. he probably didn't want to write his thing for the week or whatever. So he he posted my blog post. So I think there's something to be said with just having something awesome and like mm-hmm. knowing how that benefits someone else. So mm. yeah. um, even like like if you're a fiction author, for example, it's like you know you see someone else's newsletter, like write your write your little pitch and like get it, like, all HTML'd out and, like, you know, like, give them the HTML to, like, drop into their newsletter mm-hmm. um, and write it in their tone or whatever and just be like, hey, if you ever need something to send to your list, like, here you go. Yeah. Um, and, like... Make it easy. I mean, yeah. And, you know, like, some people won't do it, but, <laughs> like, some people will. Like, you, you've done their work for them. And if you, yeah. if you make that effort, I think uh, people... People will definitely be willing to work with you more. Yeah, I think as content creators, I mean, people are always searching for content that really matches up. So I think, yeah, I think it's great if you can find those great fits. Um, so you you started out. I know I've listened to some of your your podcasts talking about how you shifted into dictation, and you've you've definitely taken some uh, strategic steps to um, kind of 
streamline your own personal business habits. Um, is it just you, pretty much your business, pretty much just you, or do you have um, help at this point, or how, how are you working it? Yeah, I've had so um, my team kind of fluctuates. I've had teams up to um, eight people, mm. uh, freelancers though, so that are maybe working like you know ten to fifteen hours a week. It just depends. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. So the question is, what are the what's the streamlining? Or I mean, I'm just I'm curious as to to how your how you've figured out how to I mean one I think okay well I'll just I'll just phrase it this way author businesses are hard and especially starting out when people are a single author entrepreneur and they're realizing that okay this is more than just a hobby this is me having to market having to be a publisher having to do all these things um, I'm curious as to, as to how you grew the business and also sort of when you knew that you needed help and said okay now I'm making enough money that I can take on help or how did that, what did that look like? Um, I mean, I think, so I think like as far as, okay, so as far as when to hire your first person, I mean, that's going to, first of all, it's going to depend on you. Like how much money do you need for yourself? I mean, if you need like $10,000 for yourself, well, you're going to be doing a lot more than $10,000 of work per month Mm, to like maintain that. Um, that's just a reality. If you need like $2,000 a month, then you, you know, then you can make like the four or five. I, I mean, and I don't say that, like, I think making four to 5000 a month, if you're like writing to market and like doing the ads and everything, like, mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's fairly doable to do on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you're trying to get beyond that, it's, it's definitely still doable, but a lot of the people I see doing it are like, working a lot more than you know 40 hours a week or whatever Mm -hmm. um they're they're working pretty consistently like 60 to 80 hours a week and they've been doing it for a couple years so that's kind of what i'm seeing in the fiction on the fiction side Nonfiction is a totally different story um so yeah i would say like you know the less the less you need the better um and then you can you can take that money and invest it and for me, I think uh, most of the people that I work with, um, you know, they're they're between like twenty and thirty. I think I've gone all the way up to like thirty-five an hour. Mm. But if you're, it's only you know, if you're only doing like five to ten hours a week, then it's not yeah. it's not really like a huge amount. It's not like you need like five thousand dollars to be able to hire your first person. It's like you know, you you need a couple like. Um, like fifteen hundred dollars, and you could hire somebody, yeah. and get like get like good value out of them. Um, as far as working with people, like you really, really need to like never. At least for me, this has not ever worked for me to like be like, oh, I don't like to do this, so let me hire someone to do that for me. Right. Like that has never once worked for me. Maybe it works for other people. What works for me is like, okay, I know exactly how to do this, and I figured mm. out my process for doing this. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to write out those instructions, and then I'm going to hire someone to do that, just like to do it over and over again. Like that has worked really well for me. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people labor under the misconception that they can just sort of pawn off the jobs that they're not good at and don't want to do, and that somehow someone will magically care more about their business than they will and, and figure out these these things. And... Um, yeah, that's a, that's a great way to put it. That you know, you basically have to give away the things that you're already good at, and because you can, those are the things you can teach someone to do well, which I think is um, a valuable yes. lesson. 
for sure. So obviously, you know, you do have to pick and choose um, the parts of your business that are going to be entirely up to you. So what are some of the things, obviously there's the creative content, there's the creative side of uh, creation, but what are some of the other things that you would be uncomfortable um, handing off that, that you just um, feel you want to have the reins on? Um, I think the biggest thing is probably the strategy for me. Um, mm -hmm. As far as, you know, yes, there's lots of creative work. I mean, what I would say is, you know, you, the people you want to hire, they need to be somewhat creative. Mm -hmm. um, like, even if, like, like let's say you're like, okay, I want to get, like, ads done. Like, yeah. like I want, I want help with my Amazon ads. It's like that person needs to know how to write copy or whatever. Or if you're like, I want to... Um, have a sales page, you know, you, you've got to like, like I'll often do the outlining for the sales page. Cause I kind of mm -hmm. know like the bullet, the bullet points that need to be hit, mm -hmm. but then I need that person to be able to write the copy for that. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, I, I think that, uh, I think as far as creative work goes, you want someone who's creative cause mm -hmm. you have a creative business and most of the stuff that you're doing in it involves a level of creativity. Um, the control piece that I have is really, like, what content goes there. Like, I've never hired someone and, like, I'm like, okay, go write a sales page for this. And, like, they write this awesome sales page. Like, that that has never worked for me. What it right. is is, like, I'm like, okay, I, like, I know how to write a sales page because I've done it a bunch and, like, learned how to do it over the years. And I have, like, these copywriting skills. So I'll write, like, a really detailed outline. Mm -hmm. And then I'll hand it off to somebody. And they can write a pretty good sales page. And then I'll go through and, like, um, like just re-edit it for, like, whatever I, I miss, they miss. Like, just to get it, like, you know, exactly where I need it. Um, and it's the same with, like, blog posts or, like, anything else on the nonfiction side. Mm -hmm. For me, anyway. Um, other things I do. So, I, so, like, for a lot of my stuff, I do outlines. And then... I'll have, like, people helping with the process. So for, like, a video, I would do an outline, and then um, they would, like, someone else would create the slides, and then mm. I would, maybe I would record the video, and then someone else might do, like, some light editing and, like, all the admin on, like, posting the video, like, posting to the, the group or whatever about the video, like, whatever, um, whatever little admin stuff there is. So that, that person, they kind of need to, like, be into the creative stuff still. Do you, do you typically search among the author community for that sort of thing, or do you find uh, people, um, just freelancers on, like, freelancer.com and things like that? Yeah, I think it's been mixed. So what I did in the past was that I was basically, like, like I'd have people who were like, oh, I'm a huge fan, like, can I work with you? And I'm like, okay, sure, like, and so then I'd let them come, you know, I'd have them come in, and then we'd figure out, like, what are they good at, and then I'd assign them stuff like that. Um, so that was, that was okay for a bit. Uh, the more successful thing for me was to write out a job description. Mm. Uh, and like the job descriptions that I write are like, it's basically like asking for the world yeah. and like, you know, you're starting at like 20 bucks an hour or whatever. Um, and those have worked a lot better for me is the, is like the more detailed job descriptions because people aren't going to apply unless like they have at least like 60 to 70% of it. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, so that's worked really well. And, um, and just, uh, like it's helped me like also focus on like what, what's, what do I actually need? Like, mm -hmm. okay, I need somebody who's going to be good at like 
slide decks, videos, you know, that sort of thing. And then the other mm-hmm. thing is since they're freelancers, like you're not going to buy the software for them in most cases, or like you're not, it's not an employee. You're not providing them with a laptop. So you need to put in there like, like, okay, this involves keynote or this involves zoom or, you know, like whatever software you're using so that you don't have to buy any of that extra stuff um, for them. Yeah. So that, that was really important working with freelancers. Um, as far as that, so the job description, the job description, I think I posted on Facebook and maybe like a couple friends had shared it. Like not, I didn't ask them to, but they, they shared it. And I think it comes down to like create, create a job description that somebody wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then people are like, okay, yeah, like I want to share this cause like this is like a really good opportunity for somebody. Yeah. They want to um, be helpful but, to their friends or, or yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah. So that's worked well for me. What about, um, so a lot of people are just, you know, starting out in the author business. I mean, there's new people joining all the time and, um, they, they might see someone like you who's, you know, very successful and, and think, oh man, I don't know how to get from here to there. What are some of the, the basic business, um, blocks that you think people really need to have right in the beginning to build that foundation for an author business? What are some of the things that are the, the key, the key bricks for them to be building? Um, I think you should know what you want your business to look like um, mm. in the next year or so, let's say. Like, so if you're, okay, so if you're a nonfiction author, it's really like your product funnel. Um, like, a lot of people, like, they start a blog or they start a podcast and they're like, I'm just going to put out content. And that's fine yeah. if you're, that's what you're going to monetize. But for mm-hmm. me, like, I don't put out a piece of content anymore unless it's tied to, like, a book, a course, or something else. Like, it's all, like, funneling into... It's like if I'm going to make a piece of free content, then there's going to be um, something to sign up for, like an, mm-hmm. e- like an email list, something to sign up for. Mm-hmm. And that email list is going to be like, um, it's going to have like a, an email sequence that tells them about like a product that I'm selling or a book that's on sale or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, so like I, like the way I build mine now is I start with like, what am I selling? And then I kind of work my way out. So I'll start with like, okay, what am I selling? Well, here's a sales page. And then um, here's the email sequence that leads to the sales page. And then okay. here's the freebie that leads to the email list. And then here's the, you know, here's the free content that leads to that freebie. And I kind mm-hmm. of like work my way out like that. Um, mm-hmm. For have fiction, it, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, have there been any tools that you've used to help map your business? I was, I joke around with friends, I have like, color-coded maps of like all the things like that I've designed of like how whatever how everything connects how do you that's crazy how do you go about <laughs> you know keeping track of all of this and yeah you, uh, yeah I mean I think I think so um so you know about the product funnel that mm. we I don't know if you want me to get into that um so that's something that we talked about at the the conference that Nathan and I were Nathan and I were just at um I think there's that to look at like, well, what it, you know, what are the different categories um, or what are the different price points of my business and like what fits mm-hmm. into each and mm-hmm. like how do they connect and just look at, look at like one row of that. Cause I think we have like, I mean, we all have like 50 rows of that, that yeah, we want to sure. implement, but like look at one and see like, how can I just build this first mm. um, and then work from there. And I think it's the same with fiction. Like, really, it's like, what is your... And Chris Fox talks, talked about this recently. What is your flagship series? It's like, mm. you know, pick, pick like, one thing to build and don't... 
try not to move on until you've gotten like some foundational stuff in place and also until you you're starting to see the money come in from that mm. and then once you're starting to see that money like build a build like some extra stuff around it like build extra freebies going into it or extra traffic sources or whatever it might be so that because like if you lose a traffic source on your like let's you build this like amazing um sales funnel for something that you that you have and like it's working great and then for whatever reason you lose that traffic source like mm. your your income just went from like whatever it was to zero like almost overnight and yeah. and you see that all the time like in this like people are like oh like i quit my <laughs> you well this story used to be really common i don't think it's common anymore but it's like oh, I was making $7,000 on Amazon, and this was back in, like, 2013 when it was easier to do yeah. that with, like, a crappy book series or whatever. Yeah. So you'd see all these people who are like, I'm making $5,000, I'm making $7,000, and so then they quit their job, mm -hmm. and, like, six months later, they were like, oh, it's, like, dried up. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, like, yes, you were making that much, but this isn't a linear business. It's not mm -hmm. like you make that much and then you... Like the only the only thing that can happen is you're gonna make more. Right. Like that's yeah. not true. It's like you make that much and you you not only have to protect that income um, by like, you know, always innovating on that same sales funnel, but then you also need to build other avenues because trends mm. and industry changes and like all the stuff, like that can drop your income. Yeah. Um absolutely. so it's like you have to really add those business principles in. Yeah. What are some things that you do um, personally? I know you don't. You're you're not one of the people you've talked about. How you don't don't write every day. You you focus on different things at different times. You kind of like write in bursts and things like that when when the need calls for it. What are some some things that you've used to sort of uh, productivity hack your own day? Like how do you decide what to work on on a given day, et cetera? Yeah, um, I think I'm I think I'm similar to a lot of people in that I like if I'm. I'm typically working on, like, one thing at a time. I can't mm. say I am right now. Like, right now I'm in more of a... Um, I'm just in a period of, like, um, trying to figure out, like, kind of what I want to do. And, like, so mm -hmm. I feel like my my ideas are, like, changing every day. Mm. Um, but typically, yeah, I would, I would have, like, my book on pre-order something, and that's, like, what I'm working on. And mm. so... Uh, I, I typically use deadlines to just kind of make sure that I stay there. Um, other than that, you know, I mean, like everybody, I make a to-do list. I think a lot of people, they use the calendar blocking, which I think is great. And for some reason, it, like, makes me panic to have yeah. that much stuff on my schedule. So, like, I'm more like, okay, here's what I'm doing today. It's typically only one thing because I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to try to do three things in one day. So I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm writing like this chapter or whatever, or I'm working on this book, and then it's like I'm just going to be, you know, yeah. pressing through it as much as as much as I need to. What do you? What's exciting you right now? What are you working on right now as far as um, upcoming books? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's a really good question. So, <laughs> um, for so for the world needs your book. So what I'm doing is I'm taking um, all the books that are current, the, the whole growth hacking for storyteller series, mm -hmm. and essentially reimagining it and like consolidating some pieces of it. Um, which it, so what I want to do is I want to eventually pull all those books and like have them rewritten for a broader audience. So right now mm -hmm. they're all written to like kind of the fiction author niche. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's really like independent fiction authors. Um, 
who want to make this like a full-time career. So that's kind of, that's, that's like, it's actually a pretty small niche. Um, maybe like a hundred thousand people total, uh, and like 20,000 who are dedicated. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to expand that to, um, other audiences, nonfiction, fiction, um, traditional self-published like all all over the place. Um, and then other than that, I'm working on a tarot website, so uh, yeah. that's kind of a new project, and it's more in the hobby phase right now. Like I don't, yeah. I don't have like big plans. I don't, I don't have um, big movement on the plans for that yet. Okay, interesting. Oh, while while I have you, I was going to ask you. I just actually downloaded your book, um, Dictate Your Book, recently, and yeah. um, checking it out. Has anything changed since the time you published that book about the way that you, any about the software you're using, or or how you're u- using dictation? Um, honestly, not really. I'm sure like, okay. So like this microphone, mm-hmm. I think, wait, let me, okay. Yeah, yeah. That. So this microphone is, um, audio technica 2020. Like okay. it's like, you know, like the 60 or $70 thing. I got it in 2012 and I haven't changed. Like it still works yeah. like great yeah. for interviews, for dictation, for whatever. So, yeah. um, that part of my stuff is pretty much the same. Um, as far as, so I used to, um, do like, I used to take this mic outside with me and record that way on into like my iPad or my phone. Mm-hmm. I don't really do that anymore. Now, just with like the technology of phones now, mm-hmm. I have, um, an app called Dragon Anywhere, which mm-hmm. is really like, it's really great. I think it works just well enough for me anyway, so yeah. I can dictate on the road. Um, so that whole setup piece is like, I don't do that anymore. Um, other than that, I think, so I used to have Dragon, I had Dragon Dictate 3 for the longest time, and I was like, that's so ridiculous to have that. So I think, like, a year or two ago, I upgraded to, um, I think Dragon Dictate 6. I don't know if they're on 7 now, um, but I'm, I'm on, I'm on 6, and it's great. Like, I'm, it's, like, way better... Like, I feel like I learned how to dictate in the Stone Age when it was just yeah. so freaking hard to do. <laughs> so, like, now it's, like, the way technology is, I'm just like, this is amazing. Like, this is yeah. so accurate compared to what I was working with before. So, I don't know. That's really cool. Well, um, I appreciate you taking, taking the time to come and, and chat with us a little bit about, the, about your business, about your books. Um, where's the best place for, for people to find information about you and your books? Uh, I'm at theworldneedsyourbook.com. Theworldneedsyourbook.com. Okay, yep. great, fantastic. Um, Monica, yeah, thank you so much for for taking the time to, to out of your busy day. I know you're always busy um, to come and, and chat with me, and I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it's thanks been, for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. And sorry I'm late. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. And we didn't get. I didn't see a lot of questions. I'm not sure if there were anything was popping up. But if anyone is watching the replay and you have questions for uh, Monica or myself, we'll try to answer them in the comments. So thanks everyone for watching. Bye. Bye.